Welcome into episode five of Off the Record. So great to have you joining us beside Kirsten Kroll. I'm Alexis Downey. Can't believe we're at episode five already. Not too much happening this week compared to the last last week particularly, but I'm feeling pretty good. How are you doing, Kirsten? You know, it is a really busy week. I decided, especially with another busy day, I'm taking more of the athleisure approach. I mean, it's all about comfort, right? But it's it's been a good week, light week in sports, and sometimes almost no news is good news. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in to another week of Off the Record. We're five episodes in. Super excited to keep this thing going for you and do what we love, talking sports. And one last thing in this intro that I want to get out of the way is happy birthday to our producer, Paige. Paige, I made you this cute little sign here. She's celebrating her 22nd birthday today. And, you know, very, very happy to have you not only as a good friend, but producer of this show. And I hope you find when you're editing the show later on that this is awkward that you have to edit your own happy birthday greeting. I would sing to you, but I'll save everyone the trouble. Yeah, let's let's definitely save that because I can't sing either. Um, yeah, happy birthday, Paige. And we're going to just jump right in. Big news coming out last night. Um, and I know Kirsten has a lot to say about it. Dak Prescott getting that contract with the Dallas Cowboys. Kirsten, what are your thoughts? I have a lot of thoughts. I grew up a Cowboys <laughs> fan in Minnesota, which, you know, save your comments. That's a story for another time that we'll get into later. But first and foremost, I need to admit, I was somebody who was skeptical of him getting this deal when he was first fighting for it last season and then was unhappy when he got the franchise tag. I was one of the people saying he needs to prove himself. He needs to win more than just one playoff game to be worthy of the money that he wants, which was right in line with Patrick Mahomes. Well, when I saw him at the start of the 2020 season before his unfortunate compound ankle fracture, which ended his season, he was the reason the Cowboys were winning the two games that they did as Dak, with Dak as their starter. He was the reason they were in it. And before Dak's injury, he had a 99.6 rating, 68% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, four interceptions, and 1,856 yards just through five games. So Dak really had this team on the, his back. And then when Andy Dalton came in to take over for him, I think is really when you saw how many issues there were with this Cowboys team, not only with the offensive line, but the attitude in the locker or attitude surrounding the team as well. I mean, there was that one play we saw that Andy Dalton took a big hit, got into the concussion protocol and none of his teammates backed him up, which was a huge, huge red flag, which just goes to show there's a lot more problems within that organization that they have to figure out. And I think the team was really missing Dak's presence, not only on the field, but as a leader too. I know he was on the sidelines for games, but it's really that leadership aspect that he brings to the table. So it wasn't the season he wanted and especially too was concerning for him being in a contract year. I mean, this was his season to prove himself, but even through those five games he played, the numbers he was able to put up, he put his whole heart out on the field. And I think that was enough. And then seeing Dalton's performance, not that he was terrible. He wasn't great. Circumstances weren't ideal for him as well, but Dak is this team's franchise quarterback. I am happy to see him 
get this contract extension. He really put himself out there, which you don't see too often, where he bet on himself, and this time he came out on top. His new deal puts him right behind Patrick Mahomes, who's making $45 million a year. And when Dak's contract is up in four years, he's only going to be 31 years old, which gives him opportunity to make even more. And who knows what the cap is going to be for Cowboys and what their, or excuse me, who knows what the money value is going to be for quarterbacks in four years. I only see it continuing to go up. Dak, I'm happy for you. And the most wholesome thing that I saw online this week was his brother, Tad, making that tweet about that picture of him and Dak hugging it out after Dak got the call. Tad has been a huge supporter of Dak throughout his career. Love to see it. I'm happy Dak is staying in Dallas. And to note that contract is a four-year, $160 million deal. And you mentioned right behind Patrick Mahomes, he'll be making $42 million a year, just an insane amount of money. And to think that those numbers could go up over the next couple of years is also insane to think about. Um, so Kirsten, when you look at this upcoming season and how much pressure he's going to have on him to really deliver on the field, what are you thinking he's going to be looking like uh, specifically this first season? You know, it's really going to be interesting to see. I mean, first and foremost, Dallas, too, they've got to figure out how they can give him more protection at that offensive line. That's going to be a huge component for him, not only just in general coming into this season, but especially with that ankle injury he took. I know he is the type of quarterback He's got a great work ethic. He's super driven. He works hard. And this offseason, everything that we've seen, he's really been working to get back on the field as soon as possible and to be, you know, not just as good as he was, but even better. And that maybe puts a little bit more pressure on him too, having to know he has to prove himself. But this is this is his comeback tour this upcoming season. And I expect big things from him. I think everyone else does, but it's got to be a little bit of a relief for him as well and takes a little bit of the pressure off knowing he has this new four-year deal. Absolutely. Kind of gives him a, a solid foundation per se for the next couple years for him. Um, and kind of moving on, there's been some news in women's sports. The National Women's Hockey League is bringing back their Isobel Cup playoffs, which is a really exciting thing because they were canceled due to some COVID issues back in February. They're going to be played March 26th and March 27th in Brighton, Massachusetts. And it's going to be on NBC Sports, which is really cool because it's the first women's pro hockey league championship to ever air on a major national network. Really exciting for women's hockey. Uh, the Toronto Six, Boston Pride, Minnesota Whitecaps, and Connecticut Whale will be all a part of it. And I'm excited to see some women's hockey on TV. I know we've seen it a little bit over the past couple of weeks with the uh, Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, but another league being on TV is always a great thing. I agree completely. And it, I think this is coming in at a perfect time as well. There's been a lot more buzz about women's hockey, I think more so than even in years past. Um, I think the sport really started growing even more when the USA team took the gold medal in 2018. They had all of the momentum going their way. Then the NWHL really just started getting more prominent. And 
this year there was a lot of buzz for the bubble in Lake Placid. Unfortunately, due to COVID, the bubble was popped, had to pause the season. And then, you know, women's hockey still stayed in the headlines with the Dream Gap Tour. And that's been huge for the sport of hockey as well. So now that they're announcing Isabel Cup play, yes, excuse me, Isabel Cup playoffs are resuming. I'm excited to see it. I know a lot of people are. The sport's continuing to move in the right direction. And I think it's gonna be even better this time around. They've got enhanced safety measures and no fans will be in attendance, which also minimizes the risk. And it's gonna be some exciting matchups. The playoffs, like you mentioned, Alexis, they start March 26th and it's gonna be the Toronto Six as the number one seed taking on number four, Boston Pride. And then number two, Minnesota Whitecaps taking on number three, Connecticut Whale. So I'm excited to see it. And I think especially too, with this big network it's airing on, it's gonna get a lot of eyes and a lot of attention. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing to note from those teams, uh, Jillian Dempsey from the Boston Pride was the first woman in the NWHL to reach 100 points. So a really big milestone for her and really excited just to see, you know, how how these games play out and hoping obviously that people are tuning in because women's hockey is just as exciting as men's hockey. I know I will be watching um, you mentioned these games taking place in Massachusetts, actually at the Boston Bruins um, playoff or practice facility. So I, I'm looking forward to it. And it's nice to see that we really are diversifying the sport of hockey so much this year. Just seeing it across the board has been really awesome. The game definitely continues to grow and the support all of these teams have also been receiving from NHL teams as well has really been great to see too. And that's going to wrap up our first segment here for Off the Record. And when we come back, it's almost tournament time throughout all of college sports. Stay with us because we dive in a little bit deeper. Welcome back to Off the Record, episode five, and we're going to dive into March. March Madness is just around the corner. It's the month of March already, and college basketball is that hot topic. A lot has happened in the past couple weeks to get us to this point. Currently noting the standings, Gonzaga still sitting at the top, Baylor at two, Illinois at three, Michigan at four, and Alabama at five. Something interesting to note, Illinois has jumped Michigan in those standings as of recently. And not to be a little bit biased, but I'm gonna be a little bit biased. I'm very excited about that as a former Michigan State Spartan. Um, I loved seeing Michigan State defeat Michigan uh, the other day and giving Michigan State a chance at the tournament and keeping their postseason um, streak alive. Uh, so really excited to see what happens. Selection Sunday is Sunday the 14th and we're going to get a better idea about which teams are going to be number one in each of the bracket areas. And uh, I, I'm just super excited for March Madness, um, particularly obviously with Gonzaga still being undefeated. It's going to be really interesting to see if they can hold on to that. Baylor, you know, they 
they do have a loss or two. And um, I think that that almost gives them a little bit of comfort leading into the tournament because they don't have the pressure of being undefeated, but it's, it's going to be a really exciting March and just having March madness back is, is going to be so, so good this year. Cause I, we really missed it last year. We really did. And uh, you know, Alexis, the excitement, it's all there. I think, again, we talked about this last week, there's going to be a lot of upsets and for you guys also watching, we are going to be doing a special show right after selection Sunday uh, the three of us, Paige, Alexis, and myself, getting our brackets ready. We hope you guys also share your predictions with us. That is something that we're really looking forward to. And, you know, continuing the tournament talk, another organization or collegiate conference that finished up their regular season, just had their selection Sunday this past week, is NCAA Women's Hockey. And there, there's one thing that I think maybe people aren't as surprised about, but people are upset about because it doesn't typically happen. Minnesota Golden Gophers did not make the cut, which is not something you hear too often, but the action gets all started on March 15th and the seedings go number one Northeastern takes on number eight Robert Morris. Then number five Minnesota Duluth takes on number four Colgate. Then on March 16th, number three Ohio State will take on number six Boston College. And then continuing the action on the 16th, number seven Providence taking on the number two Wisconsin Badgers. So it's going to be an interesting tournament field this year around and I'm excited to follow it again couple surprises with this postseason bracket but it's gonna be good I'm excited I feel like we're just so lucky to even be at this point for a lot of these college programs it's amazing what the athletes and coaches and everyone involved with these teams have had to sacrifice this season in order to get to this point what whatever sport that you're playing um, it, it's been you know, hats off to them because they, they've gotten to this point and everyone is, is mostly healthy. So that's always important in this too. And I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, some women's college hockey and also the conference tournaments that are going to be happening for men's basketball. So it's going to be a good month. We've got a lot, a lot going on. Tournament time. It is the most exciting time <laughs> of the year. Again, like you had mentioned earlier, I'm just happy we're actually having it this year, which makes it that much more exciting. It's been a different year, been all really hard on the athletes and the staff members who work so hard to put this all together, but kudos to them. They've done a great job and we're almost there. It's again, trophy season. I'm super excited to see how it all plays out as I like to say. And going from women's hockey and expanding the topic a little more, March is Women's History Month. And this week we celebrated International Women's Day. So here on Off the Record, we wanna continue that conversation and continue talking about the importance of women's sports and the impact women have on the sports industry. And Alexis, it's no secret, you and I are two females working in sports broadcasting. And not only has it been great to see the growth of not only the WNBA, NWHL, all the other various women's sports that we could go into a lot of detail about, but also we've been seeing a lot more women actually on the call for games, up in the booth, really expanding the representation for broadcasts. That's 
equally important just as what we're seeing on the field when you tune into games such as NBCSN and you see Kendall Coyne, for example, on the call. That's not something that I remember seeing when I was younger. So seeing really how things have changed, it's awesome. And I can just imagine all of the younger girls who are tuning in seeing, hey, I can work in sports someday too. Just seeing that optimism and seeing how things have changed, it's really awesome. Yeah, it's certainly really inspiring. I know when I wanted to get into sports broadcasting, I personally never even really looked at the male to female ratio. It just wasn't something that I, I thought about too much um, until you know, I got into college and really started to getting down, getting down to the nitty gritty and trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do um, with sports broadcasting. And it's, it's been, like you said, it's really awesome just to see all of these new opportunities for women working in sports or playing different sports and just working with their platforms to get it you know, at a next level to reach more people and to talk about this, the conversation has really opened up over the past couple of years. And for that, I feel very comfortable as a, a woman in sports, honestly. Um, I, I feel like my experiences have mostly all been positive. And that is also because of some of the great mentors that I've had in this industry, you know, when I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do, Catherine Tappan was always the one that I, I always aspired to be just like her. And I had the opportunity to meet her a couple years ago. And I, I got to talk to her when I was really young in college. And she, she just told me, you, you can do this. There, there is no reason that you can't, you know, be just, be just like me on TV or, you know, if you want to do play-by-play -play or whatever it is. So having that message for me really helped push me through college. And I had the opportunity to do quite a bit of play-by-play -play and color commentating and um, stepping into different roles as a broadcaster. So those opportunities, they're there and you just have to take advantage of them. Whether you're a woman or a man, they're there. And I don't, I think one of the things that kind of gets misconstrued is that women don't feel like, you know, play-by-play -play is necessarily something that they can do because it is more of a male role, but having people um, like Kate Scott, for example, seeing her do play-by-play -play and some of these other amazing women in all these different sports um, really has kind of set the tone that we can do this thing. And I, I hope that other people see it that way and that they continue to break the barrier. And I want to go off of what you just mentioned as well, because, you know, I was in seventh grade when I really decided this is the career path I want to go down. And then even earlier, going back to, I believe I was in third grade when I really started discovering that I have a love for sports. I, you know, you just kind of understand, especially going back to over 10 years ago now, you just understood it was a male dominated field. And I didn't let that discourage me. It was more, I need to prove myself. This is my opportunity. I need to know everything I possibly can so that I'm prepared. I can prove that I deserve a place here and that women also deserve to be in these roles. And Alexis, I don't know about you, but I guess my biggest dream when I was younger 
and this is going off what you said, but my biggest dream was to be a sideline reporter. And I love reporting. Reporting, being right in the center of all of the action is so fun and getting those immediate reactions from players too, especially after a big game is so exciting. And you just feed off the energy from the fans and you really get to know the people behind the game. So that's why I love reporting. And to go with that though, I truly thought that was really the only thing for me if I wanted to work in sports. There were some females who were in studio hosting. I don't remember any women who were in the booth and it's incredible to see how much that's changed now. But back then I really confined myself to that one thing because I thought that really was the only opportunity. And so now I go from having most of my experience being in reporting to now taking on a lot more of a hosting role that's primarily what I do with the wild then with this show. And so it's really taken over and I've really challenged myself to expand as a broadcaster. And even then from that, I started calling high school games here in Minnesota. And that has been super uncomfortable for me because that's not something I have a lot of experience in. I've seen all of these games throughout my life and paid attention to the broadcasters in the booth but that's just not something I'd ever done. And it's scary trying something new like that and putting yourself in that vulnerable position because you don't want to mess up. You don't want to miss something, but I've found it to be a really fun challenge. And you kind of get addicted too, to that feeling when you're calling games and that experience. And so that's something I know as we move forward and things continue to get more inclusive, I want to see a lot more representation for women up in the booth, calling games, women are more than capable. And I don't want them to have to feel like they have to confine themselves to just sideline reporting. That maybe have been what's done in the past, but you can take over any role you want to in sports broadcasting. And we've been seeing a lot more of it lately. And I love how that's been changing. Absolutely. I think you kind of nailed that. Um, and I, I want to note that if there is anyone watching this that wants to get into broadcasting, especially if you are a female and you really don't know who to talk to, come to us. We would be more than happy to talk to you, whether it's on our Twitter, OTR Sports Talk, or our personal Twitters, which are also on the OTR Sports Talk Twitter. Um, please reach out to us. We we want to help the next generation of people, of young girls that want to get into broadcasting. Or if you're a guy as well and you, you are looking for someone just to talk to about the industry, I think that we feel like we have a good representation and a good idea of how things kind of are, are working in this industry. So please reach out if you feel that you are looking for someone to talk to about it. Absolutely. Like Alexis said, don't be afraid to reach out. Alexis and I, we don't bite. <laughs> we <laughs> both like to think that we're warm people, always open to messaging. I know me personally, I sometimes am really bad at responding, but I always get back to you. <laughs> Might take a couple <laughs> days, but I will respond. So please, if you want to get involved, if you have any questions, reach out. Alexis and I are more than happy to help. And also, Alexis, something too that's really been increasing its presence is all of the new women's sports coverage, not only on national broadcast, but on Twitter as well. We've seen Alex Morgan and those other athletes come together to form together 
the women-based media coverage. And then On Her Turf, too, has really been another outlet that heavily covers women's sports. And Alexis, I know that's something you wanted to mention as well. Yeah, I, uh, I've followed On Her Turf for quite a while now, probably since it started, and it's through NBC Sports. And I think that they just do such a great job highlighting all these female athletes and broadcasters, you know, paving the way for the next generation of young girls that want to, you know, have their spot in sports, whether it's on air or as an athlete. Um, so I would definitely recommend following on her turf or at least checking it out uh, because they put out a lot of great content. And I'm excited to see what Together puts out too once they do get it up and running. I'm excited too. I've been following along already and have been really excited about the content that they've been releasing. So I just expect big things to come and I'm excited to follow along with them. And that's going to wrap up this conversation here. But when we come back, we are going to have your favorite segment of the show on or off. So stay with us. Welcome back to Off the Record. We've made it to the on or off segment. One of us will say a statement and the other will say whether we agree with it, meaning on or disagree with it, meaning off. All right, Kirsten, the NBA All-Star Game was underhyped. For the fact that I forgot it was even happening when it was, I'm gonna say that's on. I don't think there was a lot of excitement as it has carried in the past this year because people didn't think that there even should be an NBA All-Star game. People weren't excited about it. They didn't they didn't even expect to really have it at the start of the season. I know Adam Silver came out and said, we're actually going to have this now. We think we can do it. A lot of the players didn't disagree, or they did disagree, didn't think that it should be happening at all. I know a lot of fans felt that same exact way. I just don't think even the players were excited about it. I know most of the hope that most of the hype, I am so sorry, words are so hard today, <laughs> but most of the hype came around Steph Curry. I mean, he's been having himself a season. He is going to go down as a Hall of Famer. He's just fun to watch. And so I think people were excited to see Steph. But other than that, I don't think people really cared that there was an all-star game. So yes, it was underhyped because people just weren't interested. I'm gonna agree with you and say on, I, I think it was a little, I wouldn't say overlooked is the word, but maybe a little bit this year due to those reasons that you gave. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, it's just a part of the year. It, it's with COVID and the changes that have happened in all of these leagues, you kind of expect things to not be a little bit normal. I agree. and. You know, I think that's going to cover the NBA All-Star game. We're going to switch gears and talk about Tom Wilson. Alexis, on or off that he should have been suspended for more than seven games? I think that's off, but I do have some very strong opinions about Tom Wilson, of which I tweeted on my personal Twitter the other day prior to him getting his suspension. He did have a hearing himself, and usually that means when a player gets a hearing, that means that they will likely be suspended for more than five games. He did get that seven game suspension. 
But I think that his hit, of which he received the suspension for, um, was considered, I think, Maybe it wasn't necessarily his dirtiest hit, but it did end up with the player going to the hospital and being hurt in the Boston Bruins. Um, but he has a track record and he is a guy that is known for making cheap shots. He's a guy for known that's known for being dirty. So I personally am not into that style of play. I think the NHL has really developed over the course of time where that's not really the style of play anymore. Yes, he's really good as an offensive player as well, besides his cheap hits. Um, but my issue with it is that the Capitals haven't really disciplined him necessarily. They haven't sat down and talked to him about, you know, his history and how, yes, you can be that kind of player to an extent, but you can't be known for going and wanting to hurt guys like that. I'm just not okay with that. So I don't think he should have been suspended for more than seven games. I think seven games is good, but I'm not happy with Tom Wilson. <laughs> I think I agree with everything that you just said. I mean, it, you are right by saying that's not the style of play that the NHL has anymore. The game's changed. We've become a lot more aware of head injuries, the possibility of developing CTE down the road. So we've become a lot more aware of those issues. And I think proper actions have been taken to try to prevent that. And you mentioned his track record. It's not a good look. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to intentionally go out with not revenge, but you would, don't intentionally want to go out and try to hurt a player from the opposing team. And plus, that's just going to get other teams to add your name to their list. Those guys, they look out for that stuff. It's not a good look. It's not the kind of guy you want to be. And I agree. I don't support that type of play either. Yeah, so it, it will be interesting to see how players respond and react to that, knowing, you know, when, when Tom Wilson does come back from his suspension. But switching gears a little bit, the MLB keeping the runner on second in extra innings rule change this season is a good idea. That is off. I have strong feelings about the runner on second in extra innings. To me, baseball is a sacred game. It is America's pastime because I think it is just a really great way for people to connect. You go to the ballpark on a summer night, you relax, you unwind. Baseball for me is personally more about the experience. It's a fun sport because it's so different than any other sport out there. It's a different pace. It kind of reminds you just to slow down a little bit. Baseball is baseball for a reason. And if you don't like baseball, then don't watch it. I know a lot of people have complained about the speed of the game. And yeah, sometimes the games go on a lot longer than they should and they drag on. But keeping the extra runner on, keeping the runner on second when you go into extra innings, I don't agree with it. I mean, yeah, sometimes you're going to go into extra innings, but not all of those games also go on for 17 innings to drag on. I think people are really just starting to change the game of baseball and some of these changes aren't positive. And some of the positive changes that people do want to see in baseball, Major League Baseball just isn't letting it happen, such as the universal designated hitter. People have been begging 
for that to be instated in baseball and it's just yet to happen people are upset about it this season one thing i am not upset about though is them keeping double headers to seven innings a piece i mean you go to a double header gets to be a long day not only for if you're a fan staying for both of those games but you're a player on the field as well that i don't have an issue with i know some people might disagree with me on that particular thing but again as far as the runner on second and extra i just think it's dumb I think they should have got rid of it. Well, first touch on your uh, double header, seven innings. I like that as well. Um, I just think of sunburn when I think of double headers. I just think of sitting in the bleachers, getting sunburned, long afternoons. I don't think of it necessarily in a bad way. Love long base, well, love baseball games in the summertime. Don't love getting sunburned. <laughs> but I would agree that having the runner on second in extra innings um, is is not something that's necessary. Just keep keep the sport the way it is in that sense. So it's fine the way it is. Yes, some changes can be made. People are open to some of those changes, but give the people the changes they want, not the ones they've been very vocal that they don't like. Major League yep. Baseball, you need to pay attention to your fan base because you are losing fans because you don't listen to them. And I, we're going to move on to the next topic because now I'm just getting frustrated. <laughs> and uh, Alexis, a question I really want to ask you going back to NFL conversation. Russell Wilson, just like Dak Prescott previously before he signed his new contract, was left out of the team hype video that was sent out to season ticket members, which in my opinion, maybe it's adding a little bit of fuel to the fire with the speculation. I know when it happened to Dak, there was speculation that maybe Dak wasn't going to be on the Cowboys anymore. Alexis, do you think this maybe is a sign of the future that maybe we won't see Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform this next season? Well, I would like to know who made that decision. Who who was who was the guy that or girl that said, um, you know, we're not going to put Russell Wilson in this video because I think it does add to the speculation for sure. So I'm going to say yes, it is on. This is adding speculation, and especially over the past week, um, you know, I know here in Chicago, Bears fans have been saying that they will give up almost anything to get Russell Wilson to Chicago. Um, so the fact that we're still kind of in limbo, we don't, we haven't really heard too much as far as from the Seahawks or or Russell Wilson or his agency or whatever it is. Um, I, I think that it does definitely add to the speculation. I would agree. And again, in my opinion, if you're making a team hype video and you, don't include your starting quarterback who has won you a Super Bowl. You should lose your job. Like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What's your thought process? Like, to me, that's a no brainer. Include your starting quarterback. Oh my gosh. Like, that to me is a huge mistake. So that's why I kind of think, did somebody tell them to not include Russell Wilson? I don't know. Right. Things are, things are heating up. They're getting interesting. And again, I'm all for the speculation. This, to me, I asked my own question. I'm answering it too. It's on, it's adding fuel to the fire. And again, to follow up from a conversation from earlier, the Dallas Cowboys were one of the teams Russell Wilson said he'd be interested in going to. Well, they just signed Dak to a massive contract. So that's out of the question. Where is he going to go? I want to know, but 
Stay tuned. We will have more on this. And that's going to wrap up our on or off segment. When we come back, we will have our final thoughts for you guys. Welcome back to Off the Record, and it is now time for our final thoughts. And something that's been living in my mind rent-free this past week has to do with things getting really weird across the NFL this offseason. And I think it hit an all-time high when Baker Mayfield and his wife, Emily, had left a restaurant around Lake Travis, and they said they saw something they'd never seen before, which they thought was a UFO. They both took to Twitter to say what they saw, asking if anyone else saw this. And the internet just took it and ran with it. And I mean, I have not heard this kind of talk from an NFL quarterback. So maybe not even just a quarterback, just NFL players. I don't see them tweet these things. And I think that's something else that I love with social media is you get to know athletes a little bit more. And to me, this was just the weirdest thing. I'm into it. I think it's so funny. And I think perhaps even funnier than Baker tweeting that is Colin Cowherd talking about it on his show. And if you guys follow it at all, you know, Colin Cowherd loves to hate on Baker Mayfield. I don't think he actually hates Baker Mayfield. I just think at this point, he knows it gets under Baker's skin and it's clickbait and that he blows up anytime he talks about him. So Colin Cowherd went on his show after Baker Mayfield shared his experience and his encounter and his wife shared the same sentiment. She's like, yes, like we saw this. We've never seen something like this before. And uh, Colin Cowherd is like, you know, who's never seen a UFO, Aaron Rodgers, Terry Bradshaw, Tom Brady. And he goes on to say too, that he likes to see the stats from his quarterback and what his passer rating is and not that he's seeing UFOs in the off season. So I thought that was just downright hysterical. Everyone knew Colin Cowherd was going to comment on it. Did Baker Mayfield actually see a UFO? I'm not saying it's out of the question. I'll maybe buy into it, but that's my final thought for the week. And I feel like Baker Mayfield is such a interesting personality in the NFL that him tweeting about this I mean, it is surprising, but of all the people, maybe not so surprising coming from Baker Mayfield, um, would be really curious to have been a fly on the wall in that situation of them like discussing, like, did you just see that? Was that really a UFO? I don't know. Texas is a big state. A lot of stuff happens down there. So probably happened. I don't know. I'm saying maybe it did happen. <laughs> I want footage. I want people who were witnesses to this happening to yep. share their photos, share their encounters. I want to know more. I want answers. <laughs> and in terms of my final thoughts this week, um, sort of a funny situation. So the Flyers, if you follow them, you know of their beloved mascot, Gritty. So last month during NBCSN's Wednesday Night Hockey when the Bruins and the Flyers were playing, artist Benjamin Davis 
painted a painting of Gritty naked on a sofa. And if you follow Gritty on social media, you probably saw the photo of him posing for this painting. Um, well, the Flyers have decided to raffle it off and it's going to benefit the Flyers charities. So great idea in terms of always looking for a way to, you know, benefit the charities and the community. Um, but it, it's really funny because people are saying that this is a work of art. I, I don't know. I don't know about a work of art because Gritty is Gritty. is gritty. He's, he's an interesting character, but um, kind of a funny idea. The fact that Gritty has not run out of bits yet, the fact he's still able to come up with all of this random stuff and that people are still just eating it up amazes me. I just think he can't top what he did last and he does. And I'm just kind of at a loss for words right now. I just <laughs> might need a minute to process this. It's just, I haven't seen the painting and I'm gonna have to Google it next. <laughs> Gritty is one of the true content creators of our era, I would say. <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in for this week's Off the Record. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at OTR Sports Talk. Listen to us on your podcast source, wherever you get it from, Apple, Spotify. Um, thank you so much. And hopefully you tune in next week for a little bit of March Madness for Kirsten and myself. Hope you have a great week.